Hello and welcome to episode 75 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Butler, joined today with Phil Fariska. Hey, everybody. And Melissa Kavanaugh. Hey. And Misha Bokikia. Howdy. Howdy. Indeedy. This is Phil's episode. Yeah. With a little help from Misha as well. Definitely. Thank you. So, SEO's dad is what I heard. Yes. No. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. That was the episode. Long live SEO. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, SEO gets a bad rap. People have said that it's dead for, what, five years now, I guess. Oh, more than that. SEO's been dead for the past 10 years, haven't you heard? <laughs> <laughs> but it's really, really still important. I mean, if you look at how much of your traffic or your organic traffic is still coming in through Google, I mean, it's a very important part of your overall marketing strategy. So, And don't forget about Bing and Yahoo. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> <laughs> I kind of did, but... Uh, so we want to focus a little bit today on what you should be still doing as a checklist from an SEO perspective in the traditional sense, right? I think today we could all argue that SEO has evolved into what it means and it's a part of your business at large. But, uh, you know, there's some fundamental things when we're talking about old school SEO that you should still be absolutely doing on a regular basis. And that's what I agree. SEO on. is not dead. And I think all of you in the room have seen Borat the movie, mm-hmm. yes. you know, the part where he's learning how to tell not jokes and he's like, not. SEO is dead. Not <laughs> that should be the title of today's episode. <laughs> there you go. We need something more clickbaity than that. And I must, I must apologize because I've got a bit of a sniffles going on. So I sound stuffy. I'm a, said by everybody in this office for the past three weeks. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the plague is coming. We're all going to be dead soon. I, I listened to I SEO what, isn't dead. We're all dead. Yeah, <laughs> I listened to something recently. They were talking about flu and um, how it's evolving faster than ever. And you know whether it's the the current human form or one of the swine or avian flus that uh, can cross species, they're all evolving so quickly that there's a good chance in the next 20 years there's going to be a pandemic that is deadly and wipes out half the population of the world, just like the plague did, you know, so we got too many years people ago. anyway. So, yeah. So you heard it here first. We're all going to die, or at least half of us. So well, that's Darwin a happy note. Darwin is magic. Yeah. So whichever two of us survive, we need a pack now that we're going to continue the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast to half of our existing listeners when that happens. But you're not here to hear about our deaths, <laughs> our imminent deaths. Hopefully not, anyway. Are you here to hear, hear about hotel marketing? So let's kick off and see what's going on in the news. All right. So we just have one consolidated news article because we've actually had somebody email us and ask us what our thoughts are on the White Moose Cafe debacle. So we felt the need to, to chime in on this. So the TLDR version of this, in case you are unaware, is that there was an influencer that reached out to a hotel in, and I can't remember what country it's it was. Ireland. It was Ireland. Okay, it was Dublin. Dublin. And basically saying the typical influencer pitch, you know, my name is so-and-so, we're visiting your destination, I have X amount of followers, X amount of reach, whatever the pitch was, I w- considering your property, would love to work out a deal with you, basically asking to stay there for free. Instead of the perhaps more appropriate response of, no, thank you, I'm not interested, this owner took to their own social media channels and drug this person through the coals in a way that if you have not read it, stop what you're doing now and go read it because it's hilarious. But he did it anonymously. He did black out her information. Yes. 
did black out the person's information. Of course, the internet sleuths being the internet sleuths they are, they did expose this person. <laughs> this person came back with like crying videos saying that they've received death threats and it escalated quickly. And then this week, the story continues, the saga continues as the hotel owner sent the influencer a, a bill for all the PR exposure that they've gotten since this. So it's definitely over the top ridiculous, but there's two, two sides to this, right? Like people that are pro this guy standing his grounds, like people that believe that influencers have gone over the top with their expectations and their entitlement. And then people that think that he was just completely out of line and that there is value in this. I'm kind of somewhere in the middle, but I agree discuss. with both of those people. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. And I thought that the guy kind of, and Melissa and I talked about this, kept to his brand and, and, and really you know, stuck with how he talks to everybody. Well, that's the thing though. I think Melissa brought this point yeah. up too. Yeah. After I was first taken very far aback when I read his email back to her, but, or the, the Facebook posts, but then I took the four seconds to figure out, to look at his website, maybe see what's going on at the hotel. And you know what? His brand matches exactly his response. It is a snarky, this is who we are type of hotel. They are who they are. The fact that the website says, please be advised that Charleville Lodge is not Buckingham Palace. Therefore, guests should not expect seven star service. <laughs> like their is, website I mean, copy yeah. is very is, snarky. I think at one point it says that this place is cheap AF, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So it, I mean they they're legitimately trying to keep a tone across all their For channels, sure. right? Yes. And and they did that. They did that really well. I just think if you if you approach it out of context, it it does hit you a little bit hard. But to be fair, the person reaching out to them in the first place rather than sending a thousand blanket emails to a thousand properties should have done the research exactly. on the property. And had they initially reached out by being just as quirky, just as offensive in their letter, they could have gotten a much more positive response and could have gotten what they want. So there's a pitfall here. I think the lesson for me that, that I could share with other folks is if you're doing outreach of whatever kind, be, there's a balance between automation and personalization. And if you go too far on the automation, you're at some point, you're going to rile up the wrong person. So you've got to really tailor your message each time to the unique audience. Yeah. And saying that she, you know, contacted Disney and did this for them and it worked out really well for them is probably not very helpful because I'm pretty sure Disney did not need her help. Yeah, yeah. that was... It was a little amateurish, little for bit. sure. For sure. So... I mean, I, I think both sides is a little bit less. And I think the fact there's death threats and nonsense like that going on is just, Obviously, that's it's a little ridiculous. extreme, yeah. right? But from, from a, a marketing standpoint, there are lessons to be learned on both, both sides, I think. And I agree. It was I, fun to watch that. It was fun, very entertaining. I got sucked into to the drama. I'm not a big drama person, but this was very entertaining to me. I think he was on brand. And honestly, I feel like if you're going to put yourself out there and ask for stuff for free, maybe have thick enough skin to, to deal with the response. I don't know. People are too worried about being politically correct. I was a fan of his response. Me too. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I mean, I, was it the most professional thing? Probably not. Would, would but... most brands... Would I recommend doing it? Probably not. But in this case, honestly, it's how much exposure 100%. have both of them? Exposure have both of them? Yeah, it's win-win. I mean, really, yeah. if like if, how many offers from other people who who feel bad for her? Like, oh, you can stay at our hotel instead for free. Like, we value, yeah, yeah. we have to offer whatever. Like, yeah, there are no victims fine. in this for sure. Yeah. Everyone, everyone ended up really, really in a positive light, and 
we got thoroughly entertained along the way. I wonder how so, many hoteliers and other people are going to piggyback on this and try to smash influencers and when they email them from now on. What would be really smart is if they were both in cahoots from the get-go, you know? <laughs> That'd be a phenomenal. That would, that would make me oh, really I like, mad. I like that'd a good be, conspiracy theory. That would be genius. No, Someone that would make about me mad. That. Yeah, we played everybody. But you know, yeah, I, I mean, I, I love how the internet just blows up things like this every now and again. You never know when it's going to happen or what it's going to oh, be yeah. out. And and it's really hard to predict which ones are going to be the ones that blow up. So I'm looking just... forward to both the SNL episode and the South Park episode yes. of White Moose Cafe and Tide Pods. <laughs> yeah. Yes. There you go. <laughs> I think SNL just did the, the Tide Pod. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. I must have missed it. I was thinking it was yeah. going to be this weekend. No, I think they just did it. Are we going to do an, a, a Tide Pod challenge now that they've been pulled oh, down from YouTube? I'll make some Tide Pod donuts. I saw some bar was doing a Tide Pod <laughs> shot. Shots. So stupid. I, I don't get it. Like I love the internet, but this is one of those things where it's like, why is this a thing? Because of, the internet. Because, because the stupid internet. people. It had yeah. to be one of those things that started out as a hoax and then dummies took it serious. I don't know. I, th- I think, you know, you, you look at the YouTuber environment now and how they're trying to get more and more extreme. For what they've done to continue, they have to get outrageous, right? They have to do stuff. Pouring cold water on yourself is not going to go viral like it did, right? It's been done. So... You've got to get more and more and more extreme. We've come full circle to, to death again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally, so. look at the, what was his name? Logan Paul? Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although, did you see he, yesterday, we were recording this. Um, I also on, saw he got a haircut, so good for yeah, him. Yeah, he, he, yesterday he was number one on trending. His his new suicide video had like 15 million views. To clarify, in, in, it was like an day. awareness video, not right, a... Right, yeah, I'm saying. But he's he's he did the right thing, right? This is this great lesson to be learned there yeah. in that... He made a huge, terrible, out, outrageous mistake. Probably didn't handle the backlash the right way initially. Then he went dark for a couple of weeks. Took time, reflected, got some great PR people who gave him some great advice that he took. And now he's all in on suicide awareness and he's donating a million dollars. He's raising a lot of awareness for this, a lot of different great causes related to suicide prevention. And he's going to dedicate a good chunk of his life moving forward to righting the wrong that he did. So I think, you know, whatever your opinion is of, of him, I think he's doing the right thing now, now eventually. Yes. You know? now. Just took a little bit. After of time. he lost a ton of money. Yeah. yeah. That's well, usually but dude, what it takes. <laughs> he just, that one video just got 15 million views in a day, man. That's he's going to, any money thing. he lost, he's going to get back. He's still going to be driving his because he did 19 right Lamborghinis, right? I thought right? YouTube pulled monetization of his videos. I don't know. I'm sure that's coming back though, you know? Maybe. They did. So, yeah. He, he's going to be just fine, I'm sure. And the man has so many skills. Well, you know what else is going to be just fine? SEO? SEO is going to be just fine. I agree. So let's kick it off, Phil. Sure. Um, So we're basically looking at a a checklist, something that we want you guys to do in 2018. Um, Make sure that you're you're on the ball with SEO and and your site isn't going to suffer because you weren't paying attention. And to clarify, like we have done an episode in the past about an SEO audit checklist, but guess what? SEO changes every single day. So this will probably be something that we explore several times a year just to make sure that we're being as up to date as possible. Right. And Wait, Google, Google's algorithm changed? I, see, I don't know if this is a known thing. Maybe we have some proprietary information. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we're allowed to reveal this, but Google changes. Okay. I thought it was like 
the the nerds at Google just looked at all the, the pages on all of the interwebs every day and decided which ones it should show the top. It used to work like that, actually. Yeah. Okay. Starting fake now. news. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all continue. Right. So the first thing we want you guys to do early this year, as soon as you can, just go ahead and com- perform a site audit. See previous episodes about site audits. Um, basically, we want you to identify any technical errors, 400 level and 500 level errors on your site. Eliminate as many of those things as you can as possible. It's 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 good to keep a healthy site. All right, so let's back up a little bit though, because sure. not everyone's going to know where they can find that information. Sure. Um, any SEO tool you have is pretty much going to have that. Uh, we use Google Search Console pretty much. It's right. So you can sign up for things. that for free, right? If you have a website, tool. you do, just Google Google. <laughs> just Google Google. <laughs> Google Search Console. <laughs> And there's instructions on how to set that up. Yeah. Well, to... it's still at slash webmaster yeah. tools, though. So consistency is questionable. But... Yeah. But you can you you can authenticate your site and set that up and begin tomorrow. It's free and it's a great it's tool. It's easy for sure. and it's that's that's how you keep your site healthy. And there's also some other free tools like I like to use, and this is more with like site speed and um, looking at how mobile friendly your site is. But they also have free tools. So like Google, um, it's test my site at google.com oh, we'll get or, there. oh don't okay i'm sorry i'm getting ahead spoilers a lot of other tools too that are free sorry continue phil all right so after you've found any of those errors it's it's a good thing to edit your content understand what's on your site what's doing well for you in terms of traffic what's doing well for you in terms of rank and also to find out what's not doing well what could what could get some improvement um but Knowing what you have content-wise on your site is is really important. Yeah, and one of the things I really like our clients to do on an at least annual basis is look in Google Analytics or whatever tool you're using, see not just which pages are getting the most traffic, but which pages from your blog or your news section or your just your content in general, which ones are generating revenue or have it in the past generated revenue and focus on those ones first. And, and freshness is still an important part of Google, right? So... If you wrote a blog about, I don't know, Thanksgiving meals in your destination last year, don't create a new blog this year, but have it on your calendar that you're going to refresh it and have the date set so you know and plan ahead when you're going to refresh that content each year. Yeah, and one thing that's important too is having a basic understanding of what content actually is on your site. So another tool, and correct me if I'm wrong, Phil, but I feel like if you crawl under a certain amount of pages screaming frog is that free screaming frog is free under i want to say don't quote me on this Ten thousand pages okay so a sufficient amount uh, for most, a hotel most website are gonna be fine but so that what that will do you is can you can also ignore images and whatever if you don't want it to crawl those pages and cut down on your cut down yeah. on your limits and so then you can smart about it. crawl your site so it'll give you a full list of every single for the sake of what we're talking about, an HTML link to the pages on your site. So you might have stuff on your site, like old landing pages from old campaigns, old blog articles that are really thin that you're going to want to weed out. So going through all that old stuff, seeing, you know, what could we keep and perhaps update? What do we want to get rid of, et cetera? Exactly. Um, Last thing audit wise, right out of the gate is audit your competition. If you can in any way, find out what your competition has been writing in terms of content, video, um, you know, just text blog blog type content. Um, if they're doing anything fun, it's just good to audit your competition. Find out what they're doing and think of ways you can do it better than them. And we also, talked about sorry, we talked about this in the past, writing the whole ten X type of content. So if you're gonna do it, do it well. Yeah. Understand understand who you're competing against and then 
beat them. Yeah, and not to get down a unrelated rabbit hole, but also having realistic expectations of what you think you should be ranking for. So how should people find your hotel? Go in an incognito browser, so you're not going to have personalized biases on your search results page, but typing in, you know, hotels in Dallas with indoor pool. See what's ranking for that. You know, a lot of times you're going to find that TripAdvisor, Hotels.com, Expedia, whomever it might be, are ranking for those queries, and they're going to have robust content for that. So if you're running into a lot of areas where it might be too competitive to try to rank organically, think outside of the box, maybe... Um, partner with a freelancer, partner with an agency to come up with some more creative, more niche searches that you realistically can compete on. And keeping searcher intent in mind too, if there's a pluralization in the, the keyword, people want options. They don't want a single hotel. Right. Nice. Sorry. So moving on, um, one really, really important thing, it's very basic with SEO, but it is extremely important, is to claim all your local listings. Um, if you haven't claimed local listings and let me rephrase. What I mean by a local listing is your your Google My Business listing, your Bing Business listing, all of those authoritative or the authoritative sites across the web feed the search engines, and search engines like when all of your information is correct and consistent. So claiming those local listings and making sure that all of your data is correct and consistent is is huge. Yeah, and we'll put a list of the big ones on the show notes. Yeah, we don't there, need to run a ton through of them. them all, but. There's, there's a couple tools out there that'll help you do that too. Here at Fuel, we use Moz Local. Um, it, you can give it all of your business information and it actually runs out there and it'll find your listings across the web. It'll tell you where your inconsistencies lie. It can fix some of these for you. Um, otherwise, it'll just tell you and you can go fix it yourself. But um, tools like this are, are really helpful because this can be a really time-consuming process. It is time-consuming for sure. And just for transparency, like Moz Local is a paid service, but it's well worth the money. And I think another important thing to note too is the most prominent of these to the searcher is going to be your Google My Listing page. And they've done a ton of updates, especially within the past year, of things that you can edit and showcase on your page. So within the past few months, they've rolled out posts on Google where it's almost like a social media feed of posts that expire within a week unless that's changed. Um, so they have that now they support 30 second videos within your Google My Business yeah, page. New. You can um, now go through and edit your specific amenities that are related to your property. People can submit not only reviews but also answer questions and provide feedback. There's a new feature where people can message you like via text directly. So there's a lot of features specific to Google that you should be up to date with because that is going to be what generates a lot of traffic for you. Yeah, and whenever Google rolls out something new, you need to be an early adopter to it because because e even even if it's not going to last, like Google Plus, for example, while, while it exists... <laughs> still important, guys. It, it is. While, while it exists, and still even with Google Plus, right? If... if if you use it the way Google wants you to use it, there are usually some benefits to that. There's usually a reward of some kind. Like if we look back at Google+, when you posted content to Google+, it got indexed immediately. It circumvented this having to wait for your site to get crawled, which is standard, right? So there's always some kind of, not necessarily it's going to rank you higher, but somewhere, somewhere along the line, there's a little benefit from Google as, as a thank you for doing what they want you to do. And if you if you have not yet uploaded a 30 second video to your Google My Business, 
absolutely go do that right now because it's um, update your images update your posts regularly put your specials and stuff in there as your post there's a lot of things you can do it can just be a a, you know quick welcome video in front of your front desks it doesn't have to be high production value just make sure that you have that for sure all right next on our checklist and it's super important also making sure your site is mobile friendly why would you want that (laughs) i don't use my phone I've, I've never does, once right? used my phone for the interweb. It's not it's not over half of the people looking for hotels using phones. Mm. I'm crazy. No. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we beat this to death. But make sure your <laughs> site is mobile friendly, and it's a huge priority. If it's not mobile friendly, you need to get there. If you need help, call us. But you, there's cool. There, Google has cool tools for this too. Their mobile friendly checker is it's easy to use you just pop in your url and it'll tell you whether you're mobile friendly or not um but again yeah and google's getting more and more aggressive and they've been recently announced even more of this where they're treating mo- the mobile search in desktop search completely independently so you know you could rank really well on desktop but you could be non-existent on mobile if you don't have a site that's built specifically for mobile so I mean, we, we preach here mobile first, right? You should build everything with mobile in mind first and then figure out how it's going to work in desktop. Because if it works well in mobile, it's probably going to work well in desktop. Not The reciprocal is not true, right? So when you're testing your emails when, and your landing pages and your website and everything you do, test it on your mobile phone first. Make sure it works there first then go to your desktop and check it there yeah and google like the tools they have are very easy to use it's a very fast process and they give you customized reports and downloads that you can send to your web development team with very specific things you can do to improve your mobile friendliness but also you know looking taking the time to just go to your site on your phone and navigate it yourself maybe ask a friend or a relative who might not be familiar with your property obviously we're a little biased we know how to use navigate websites but just see if people can actually do it you know do they have to zoom in and are the buttons clunky i mean if people don't enjoy using your site they're gonna bail and go find a site that they do like to use yeah i think that's a that's a good call misha have somebody that's not you go look at it and give you some feedback because we all can have bias when we see a website every day um, we might overlook some things that the average person wouldn't. So yeah, it's real helpful. And we have inherent knowledge about the product, about the location or the amenities or the room type. We know things that a guest, a layman, does not know when they first come to your website. So you've got to hit them in the face with inspiration, really get them to want to stay on your site first, and then provide them with all the information that they really want. All right. So we'll stop beating the mobile-friendly horse. So. We will never stop doing it until every <laughs> website on the internet is is mobile first, and we're not going to stop beating it. it I'll dude, pick a new horse to beat. You this ready? It's 2018. Oh. <laughs> Come on. All right. Make sure your site is lightning fast. Speed is increasingly important. And you know this for anything that you do, how important it is to you that anything on the internet is fast, especially your hotel's website. Um, it's, it's been a ranking factor for desktop. Um, Google just announced officially that it's a mobile ranking factor, even though we kind of had the idea that mm-hmm. was the case already. But making sure your site is fast is, is just infinitely important. So a couple things we use for that are Google PageSpeed Insights, one of another little cool tool from Google. Um, yeah, that one's easy to use. It'll tell you whether your site's fast on desktop, fast on, on mobile. 
And another one I like to use is GT Metrics. GTmetrics.com, just put your URL in there and it'll tell you specifically what's loading slow on your site. Is it mm-hmm. images? Is it your JavaScript? Stuff like that. And it gives you almost a breakdown of what you need to be fixing and a, and a letter grade. So it's kind of kind of obvious. Yeah, and there's, there's some real easy wins when it comes to speeding up your site you know the the biggest one that we see a lot is images like people just take a a massive image and upload it and it's not you know sized appropriately so if it's only going to display at 400 pixels wide by 300 pixels tall on the website why are you uploading it and it's 10,000 pixels wide right it's just wasted space that takes time to load so definitely make sure your your resizing images or your cms does that automatically for you um, that that's the easiest one. And then the third party plugins is the other one I see all the time where people have just over the years added so many like tracking pixels or little widgets using JavaScript or whatever that don't really do anything to the site anymore. They're just there and they're having to load and they take time, remove all the garbage, you know, or if you are using them, implement them through a tag management tool. Yeah. Yeah. You can offload or defer the loading of them through by doing that. So, you know, there's, there's those and then the other thing we do a lot is using a content delivery network cdn to offload some of those assets away from your site and that can dramatically speed it up as mm-hmm. well there are also i mean like you said images are typically what we run into most with page load speeds there are compression tools out there Just yeah you Google can minify the javascript them. stuff like that yeah. yeah clean code is happy code that's right <laughs> is it yes from my experience clean data is happy data Clean Misha's happy Misha. <laughs> Clean data's happy Melissa. <laughs> True. True. This is why Melissa's never happy. I'm just kidding. Kind of. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, moving on. Next one on your checklist. It's time to revisit your keywords and your messaging. So just like you audited your content earlier, it's also important to audit what you're optimizing for. Um, the way people speak and the way people search things will, will change over time. You know, for instance... here in Myrtle Beach we've seen some of these type of things where oh for a long while people might have been searching for beachfront and that's what we were optimizing for and then the lexicon changed now people are searching for oceanfront and it's clear you can see the trend you know beachfront go down oceanfront go up that's just an example but there's stuff like that out there so just pay attention to the keywords you're optimizing for and make sure you pick the right ones yeah and people have become more sophisticated at using Google and and I think you know, we're seeing more long string or long tail keywords well, being typed in. This is the whole landscape is going to change as these. Yeah, it's more conversational. Voices, it's right. it's more question oriented. But even even things like you know, we've seen a, a big increase in volume in in like people looking for either specific amenities or even specific room type. So, whereas three years ago there was very little volume for say four bedroom oceanfront condo in name destination but now that's that's something people are willing to search for because they they they're more discerning they have a criteria that they're looking for and they realize that google is going to give them better results if they're more specific with their search oh, yeah as as google gets better people realize they can ask it more difficult questions mm-hmm. either voice or type in query but they're going to get a good result so make sure you're just on top of what you're optimizing for make sure you have the right keywords picked out and you know, just again, another really important thing to be be mindful of as, as you start your new year. And kind of hand in hand with that is the next one on our list is optimizing your title tags and meta descriptions. Um, this is use your updated keyword research. This is what you we just talked about. This is what you just did. Find what keywords you want to optimize for. 
make sure that you're using the right pages on your site for those keywords where it makes most sense. Optimize your page titles and your meta descriptions. Your page title is your billboard. That's what everyone sees when they hit a search result page. So make sure you have that right. I got audited a site this week that did not have title tags or meta descriptions. What? Wow. Yeah. No way. Check your TTs and your MDs, peeps. They might not be there. (laughs) Yeah, you got not only do you have to have them, but they're so so influential because you know it's becoming harder and harder to convert someone that lands on a search engine results page to click on an organic listing to your site right we've got more junk up above the fold there's more competition your competition has gotten more sophisticated if you look at say tripadvisor got smart this year so a lot of their title tags now say updated 2018 reviews right and last year they were updated 2017 reviews so the, the call to action and the psychology you can apply in that little space of the title tag and the meta description can have a dramatic influence on your click-through rate, which then in turn has a dramatic influence on your ranking. So you've got to be creative in... So what, put more recent than TripAdvisor's <clears throat> update? <laughs> yeah. Authentic reviews. Yeah. The shed would not be number one in our reviews. Um, but no, you can you can be creative, right? Using terms like like we do in our ads, like official site can, mm-hmm. can influence people to click on your listing versus the competition. Um, and just like we were talking before about the search queries change over time, what people respond to changes over time. So experiment with it as well. But even if you're just kind of freshening it up, just changing meta descriptions and title tags can have an influence because now Google's seeing a signal that you're freshening the site, which again can influence the ranking as well. All right, next, again, kind of leading back to that content audit you did earlier is repurposing your content. When you found out what was working really well for you and driving a lot of traffic and ranking high, it's time to repurpose that content. Say it was a a blog post about, who knows, New Year's Eve, and that's doing really well for you, and you list five things going on around your hotel for New Year's Eve. Well, go out this New Year's Eve, create a video of those five things, put that together, have it ready for next year, um, repurposing your content through, through, like I said, video, you can do infographics, even some, you know, better imagery, those type of things. Repurposing that really, really you know, high value content is, it's a great way to build on your traffic. Yeah. And, and compounding on what success you've had. I really agree. And, and like that. So if, if you spent the time to write the first article, then add more to it, make it better each year. And, and you're more likely to rank, especially over time. A lot of SEO is a long game. It's not, you know, We've seen a fix. lot of surprising blog posts recently from our clients that because they've kept up with the repurposing of the content that is done very well. You want to be specific? Uh, and it was seasonal information, so. Yeah, wasn't one like a December things to yes. do in the destination yes. or something? Yes, That's yeah. an anomaly, I'm convinced. <laughs> Not yeah. to say this can't work. That was somewhat of an anomaly. But we do. We, you know, we'll write content. And this has been something that we've implemented a few years ago where we'll just repurpose it. But, you know, not writing something just for the sake of writing something, but writing something that's relevant to travel, relevant to a stay in the destination. Useful to so, your user. Yeah, yeah. So it might be like we'll have blogs, let's say, for example, like Christmas dinner in whatever the destination is, which is great to have. It gets a lot of traffic, but that's not necessarily something that indicates somebody's looking for a hotel stay, right? But for if it's a portal site, maybe not necessarily a hotel site, um, answering questions would be both. So what's the best area to stay in blank? And then writing a really great article about it and 
listing, you know, individual properties that are in that area. Or um, if it is like New Year's Eve, that's a great time where people are looking for hotel packages. People do travel a lot for New Year's Eve. Um, so including, you know, any special packages that you might have for this Valentine's Day is coming up, you know, so writing an article that includes not only stuff to do in the area, but your, you know, plug for your Valentine's package. So fo focusing on areas where, you know, it is related to travel. People are looking to travel, but it's also, you know, a little bit wider of a net. And a quick tip for you guys, when you're writing that type of content or creating that type of content, don't put the date or the year in your URL string. So you can go ahead and refresh that every year. I've seen that a lot where we've had to redirect a bunch of content because you had a blog post for 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016. Right. No, just write one and and use that year over year and update it. Yeah, and I, I think to clarify though, you would want the date in the title tag and you would mm -hmm. probably want sure, it in the meta description and the H1, those can change, but the URL specifically, you don't want anything to tie it to a date. Agreed. Agree 100%. All right, what's next? All right, next one on our list is schema markup. If you don't have it, use it. If you do have it, audit it. Um, it's, it's really important. So this is, it's crucial. It helps search engines understand what your content's about and it helps pick pieces of that content out, which can help things like voice search. Yeah. Especially because of voice search, I think it's going to become more and more important. So for, for voice to work, the, the systems that we're using have to understand objects an object being a person or a hotel or a review or a room in a hotel and how these objects relate to each other. And when you're just dumping a bunch of written content on a page, it's really hard for a computer to discern that. So what schema does is it allows computers to understand the structure, the physical structure of the content you have and how it relates to let me, each let other. Me give you a, let me give you an example of how this might work with a hotel schema. Um, one of the pieces of the overall hotel, hotel schema is check-in and check-out times. So say someone asks, hey Siri, what time can I check into blank, blank hotel. Well, if you have that marked up, it's much more likely that the, you know, the voice assistant will be able to answer that question back to you if mm -hmm. you have it marked up properly. So that's just one example. There's a ton of things within the hotel schema that can help with this type of stuff, but make sure you're using it and make sure you're using it correctly. Agreed. Yeah, and the website is schema.org if you would like a full list of that and your web developer um, or whomever works on your website should be up to date and familiar with that. Yeah, so if you go to schema.org and you just type in the word hotel at the top and it will show you all the objects related and all the markup related to hotel so you can find the hotel markup and all the sub markups underneath that for everything from addresses and phone numbers and check-ins and reviews and... <laughs> At any attribute that a hotel can have or anything related to a hotel. You should go Oprah on your website. Like, you get a markup and you get a markup and you get a markup. Everybody gets markups. Yes. <laughs> uh, I have no impression. All right. Last thing that we want to cover, and I know we already mentioned it, and I really don't feel like we should have <coughs> to, but I'm going to. It's my favorite tool, personally. Search Console. I like Search Console. Search Console is the best. Uh, but if you don't have it set up, set up Search Console. And if you don't have analytics set up, you better set up analytics. This is the only and way. And link them. Yes, and link them together so they can talk to each other and let you, you know how you're really doing. link all of both of those, I believe, with your Google AdWords account. Mm -hmm. Google products like to talk to other Google products. Yeah, and nice. you get more data if you connect them. Right. So, I mean, we talked like a couple of weeks ago about, you know, with the, the third party cookie issues that are going on and how. Did you, did you mean biscuits? I didn't mean biscuits. 
and men cookies were in the American. No, third party biscuits. The, U, the UK version, we will call them. We're rebranding biscuits. cookies and biscuits. All right. So the third party biscuit, biscuits issues. <clears throat> you just completely derailed me. But anyway, if you connect your AdWords account to your Google Analytics account, that's not a non-issue for your AdWords attribution. So you always do what, again, what Google says you do. Um, but then use the tools. I think the mistake a lot of folks make that I see is they'll create a, a search console account, set it up, and then they'll never go in there and monitor stuff. You know, so you get, analytics. They drop the analytics code on and never actually look at their data. It's, yeah. So, it's crazy. hey Phil, I have a question. Yes. Do you like keywords? Yes. Guess what? What? You can see keywords in Google Search Console. What? what? Yeah. But I thought Google took keywords away from they us. They hid them. They they're took sneaky. them out they're of like analytics. They're like parents that are trying to hide the candy from the kids, so they like put them away. So now you got to work for it, but you can still get them. Yeah. Yeah. That's Caveats, it. it's Google data. Like, take it with a grain of salt, but you can see a search query report, which in the new beta version of Google Search Console, which is rolling out, I believe you get a year's worth of data instead mm -hmm. of 90 days. So they're expanding it. So keywords are making a comeback, guys. Thank goodness. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's, there's some people were kind of were okay when keywords disappeared because people were chasing specific keywords sure. versus looking at the, their content structure, which is, I guess, what Google were trying to do. But there's value in, in seeing those, right? And it can uncover some optimization opportunities exactly yeah so I, I i think more data better so you can also look at that data from a page level within search console as well just like you would look at you know what queries might be driving traffic and you know have your best click-through rates you can look at at a page and see the same same type of stuff how many impressions a page might get and yeah you know what it's click-through rate so you can see what's that's one of the ways you tell what's working well for you yeah uh, that's i mean this is a good checklist and and you know we're not saying that Everything you do should be about SEO, but it's still very, very important. We missed a big chunk of the important parts of SEO today. You know, oh, yeah. we focus more on that that technical, traditional side. You know, as Google's moved more and more forward with its artificial intelligence pieces of the algorithm through RankBrain, there's a lot of UI stuff that we didn't touch on today. We also didn't touch on link building, and that's a, still a huge factor in SEO. So there's a lot of other things, but I think for the point of this episode we just the things you can directly control very easily we wanted you just to take a step back it's january 2018 take a step back have a look make sure that you're dotting your i's and crossing your t's from these simple seo perspectives because i guess i guarantee a lot of your competition isn't and it just gives you a, a good advantage over yeah them. this stuff's all pretty basic but it's still really really important and yeah. if you need help let us know yeah. that's what we're here for. That's true. If, I mean, if all of this is overwhelming or you just are too lazy to want to do it, this is what we do for our clients every day. You know, part of our SEO package is going through these audits and going through these checklists on a, on a regular basis. It's the beauty of the society we live in. If you don't want to do something, you can pay somebody else to do it for you. That's right. right. Exactly. Well, some thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so good, good episode, Phil. Thank you for putting together the notes. Yeah, guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah, so uh, again, I wanted to remind everyone that we're doing a technology study uh, right now. So there's a survey that we would encourage everyone to take. You can go to fueltravel.com slash tech, so slash T-E-C-H, and take, a, it's like a four-minute survey asking you about how you choose specific types of um, hospitality software or technology, um, what factors matter to you, we're asking that question to the hotel industry, to the actual hoteliers themselves, and to the vendors, just to see if there's an alignment there. If we're, you know, as vendors, if we're missing the mark, so we'd love for you as a 
what I would consider an above average member of the hospitality uh, industry because you listen to this podcast, we'd love for you to go take that. Win submissions through uh, flattery. I like it. Yeah. (laughs) If nothing else, you can see like, I don't even know how long it is, like a 20 second second video of Stuart. So yes, if you want to know what my ugly mug looks like. (laughs) How did you win that job? You know, I went uh, when we were at the uh, Opma conference in uh, November in Orlando I was speaking at that and I went by Flip2's office and we, we just shot like a handful of different videos. I shot like a partner video with them. Um, we shot that. There was one other. I forget what we did. We did a few different things just messing around. I didn't know how it would turn out. It actually turned out I didn't look completely stupid. So it, it got the uh, the message across. But yeah, if you go to fueltravel.com slash tech, uh, that would be great to take that survey. And then we're also going to be speaking a couple of different sessions at the upcoming HSMAI conference in um, New York on uh, February 20th and 21st. So check us out there. And if you want show notes to today's show, you can get them at fueltravel.com slash podcast. Click on episode 75. And wow. a question or a statement? It was, uh, yeah. 75? So I looked it up and 75 is the diamond anniversary. So if anybody has a diamond they would like to send us, you can drop that (laughs) off at 3023 Church Street, (laughs) Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We've escalated from asking for wine (laughs) to asking to diamonds. It's better to uh, beg for forgiveness than ask for permission. De Beers is very happy with us right now. What's that? De Beers is very happy with us okay. that we're requesting that. Hey, we got we got to start uh, charging for these sponsorships. <laughs> yeah, really. Don't drop brand names. Come on. Oh, I mean, the only. <laughs> yeah. The only. Or diamond. if a diamond's not quite in your budget, we will accept wine, wine as well. Marks. See, you got to yeah. start high and then work them down. Yeah. You know? We'll, we'll accept any gifts of any variety. Yeah, I know Misha keeps asking for wine, but if you want to send your favorite beer, I'd be really happy about that. <laughs> All right, guys, you're getting really, really needy now. <laughs> Melissa, is there anything you want to beg for? I think a chocolate. Chocolate, please. Dark chocolate. Dark right? chocolate. The, bit, the more bitter, the better. See, it's cheaper than the wine Just or like the beer. Just like my soul. I like my chocolate like like my soul. <laughs> Dark. Dark and Sinister. bitter. Dark and bitter. Nice. Uh, Trader Joe's, is that the one you like the most? Yes, no? yeah, Okay. Please. Trader or Joe's if you're stuff. south of the border, Trader Jose's. <laughs> Is that your dad joke for the day, for the week? Sure. Okay, good. Um, Send Stuart some biscuits. All right, I, think I, <laughs> I, I think I need to kill this episode. I think we derailed. This Phil, where can they find you on the web? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at pfariska. That's P-F-O-R-I-S-K-A. Melissa. I am on Twitter at M-A Kavanaugh, M-A-K-A-V-A-N-A-G-H. And, and apparently, if you want to hit any one of us up on LinkedIn, it's Melissa, because she's getting all the I get all the LinkedIn love. Yeah. I guess, I guess you must have like a, a rocking photo on LinkedIn or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's my bikini shot. Okay. Oh, Sweet. You know, I bet if you go look at your uh, LinkedIn, you, you can see how many people view yeah. your profile. It's going to shoot up this week. Yeah. You know, people think there's a bikini shot there. And uh, I mean, there is a bikini shot there. Uh, is there really? Okay. Stuart's like, like, wait a minute, LinkedIn.com. I'm like, what? Melissa. Professional. All right, Misha. You cannot find my bikini picture at Twitter at Marketing Misha. That is at Marketing M E I S H A. Gotta get to know me for the bikini pics. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, I am in my Speedo on Twitter at Stuart Butler, S T U A R T B U T L E R, eating a biscuit. So, and um, that is a horrible. <laughs> you, can, 
You can find us collectively at Fuel Travel, F-U-E-L, Travel. I don't know why I spelled it, because everyone knows who we are. This is the, the most delirious episode. ending. to Like, we were very serious for the first I'm going to go minutes. claim at Fuel Biscuits on Twitter. <laughs> you know what's weird? We're not even drinking today. Like, usually I'm two or three beers in by this point. The antibiotics have prevented yeah. me from drinking beer today. This just seems I'll hold bizarre. it down, don't you worry. Maybe, maybe we just need to be drunk when we do this to have it make sense. All right. Well, until next time, you've been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. We're moosing it today. Moose it. Moose? Is that how you what do, how do moose sound? It's like a, a scream <laughs> and it ends in the, like, the real high-pitched thing that you finished with. <laughs> I feel like I need to Google what sound does a moose make. What does the moose say? <laughs> I am talking normally. I am Googling what sounds a moose makes. Moose one, two. Moose one, two, three. <laughs>